Hello all, welcome to another episode of the Mental Debriefing Podcast. My name is Peter and let's get started. The date's uh, February 26th, I believe. And February 27th now. Um, Yeah, let's get started here. Turn off the music there. So... I couldn't get to sleep. I I boiled some turmeric tea and which supposedly doesn't have any caffeine. Um drank the tea then uh, chatting with um someone I had a date with uh a few years back and then um, anyways, I couldn't fall asleep, uh, and in my, my back, for some reason, um, I guess I didn't break a sweat all day today, and, and, uh, the skin was a little dry, I guess, so it got itchy, blah, 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 and as you're aware, when you, you, you're borderline, bordering on, you can't sleep, then, the skin gets even more itchy uh, in your head and all that stuff. So, yeah, so decided to uh, record to pass the time. So one of the things that's been tugging on my mind recently is the concept of is it better to be a specialist or is it better to be a generalist? And this, of course, has a lot of career implications uh, professionally and just in general as well. Obviously, if you go through history uh, back in, you know, pre-industrial revolution times, people had to be a generalist because... More than likely, they were on a farm somewhere, a small family farm somewhere, growing their own food, whether they had livestock or not, um, or crops, or any type of uh, situation. And then, back in the day, the growing stuff was not like it is now, where there's just like rows and rows and rows and rows of whatever crop. Um, it was more like, kind of like a bit large backyard type of garden, um, where there's, there's a few plants here of one thing, and then another few plants of another thing there, and then you have like a a cow or pigs or whatever. So you have to be specialized in growing a variety of stuff as well as you know, dealing with uh, some livestock, things of that nature, and then on the farm, a lot of stuff can go awry, and you can't really, you have to be more self-reliant, because you can't really, uh, you know, just call call in a handyman at any time to get things done. Some For a lot of minor stuff, you have to be able to be able to do that. So their their whole way of life back then uh was very general so you need to lo- know a lot of stuff um 
And you can make the argument today as well, but today you can, of course, sub out a lot of your work. Um, heck, even, you know, the city takes care of your trash. Uh, disposal, things of that nature. When you know, back in the day, of course, you would have to take care of your own trash, however, whether it's burning it or burying it or decomposing it. And then, like water, you had to have your own well or go to the river, stuff like that. Now we just uh, turn on the faucet. So, technology has, has kind of dulled a lot of people's generalist types of skills. Whereas, um, obviously, in the past, you needed to know a whole variety of things. And I don't know why I sound so nasally, but I'm kind of. Sitting in a half sitting up, half lying down position right now. There's also in the professional world nowadays, of course, uh, at least for the past hundred years or so, things are uh, fairly more specialized. And then, you know, you go to school, uh, majoring in one thing. If you're lucky, and things go as planned. Your professional career is in line with what you had majored in, um, hopefully. And then you get more and more specialized into whatever field you're in most of the time. Let's say you majored in, uh, for example, my, my example, you had to focus in accounting business major focus in accounting then you do some uh, tax return stuff um, post-graduation then followed on with more specialized stuff whether it's an audit or accounts payable accounts receivable things of that nature uh, or you go to a county property tax department and you end up getting more and more specialized in whatever field and then at that point, uh, if you're lucky, you get into being a supervisor, management, and things of that nature. So that's one path. The other path, of course, is you can uh, be in a variety of different fields, which sound good on paper, but I'm not sure if uh, in real life, it's the greatest idea, which is kind of like the path I took. Uh, of course, I was a accounting uh, focused business major in in college, and I also had minored in sociology. Then, of course, afterwards, I became a. Uh, I, I had a brief season of being a, a accountant, one of these, uh, not an accountant, like a tax return type of person during tax season. And I was at Liberty Tax in Huntington Beach. So that went on during the tax season. And then after that, I couldn't get any accounting jobs anymore, which was uh, terribly weird, but... It happened. I just, for some reason, couldn't get any 
accounting jobs after that. And I ended up at State Farm after that, which was auto claims. Well, first I had like some temp experience. Uh, I did temping for a while. And that didn't go uh, awesome. So, uh, anyways, long story short, I eventually, uh, I, I eventually stayed with State Farm, and that was for nine and a half years doing auto claims. And then I became a realtor, and I do independent contract stuff with DoorDash, and, and obviously I work in a warehouse at Amazon. <laughs> So I kind of went the generalist path. That wasn't the plan, but it just kind of happened. So in career books, there's arguments for both. Uh, kind of like in those self-help books that I like to read. Uh, of course, if you're a specialist in something, you get really good at something. And then you have a chance of getting into management because you're so specialized in the certain certain uh, category of work for example I know th this sounds kind of crazy but during the uh, our, the US war with um, Afghanistan which I'm not sure if it has a uh, it has actually ended or not but the, there is a language called Pashto, P-A-S-H-T-O, and that's a language that's spoken in the mountainous regions of Afghanistan. And, and I, I'm not sure, maybe parts of Pakistan, but in the mountainous regions of Afghanistan, they speak Pashto. And at the time, if, if you knew the language at all, the U.S. Army would hire you in a heartbeat. They would pay you a whole ton of money, like six figures, to be a translator. Uh, if you knew Pashto, P-A-S-H-T-O, that language. So you had to be really specialized in that. And if you're lucky, obviously, that that's a that's a job that... If you're lucky, uh, and that's a job that's in demand, for example, during since the U.S. was in Afghanistan, and you knew English, which is so you could translate, then you're set to go. So that's a pro if it's in demand and not a lot of people know about it, know that skill, and then you're you're specialized in that, you you'll get paid tons of money. The negative is, of course, if, if you're specialized in a certain thing. And then there's already several people that are uh, specialized in that field, greater than the actual demand for the work. Then, of course, uh, getting hired doing that specific thing may be an issue. For example, if, if, you're, um, if you're aware of the Mongolian language, if you're knowledge of Mongolian, and you want to become a translator, 
AT&T, of course, in their Buffalo, New York uh, translation center. <laughs> in their phone center in uh, Buffalo, New York, um, they offer a variety of uh, translation services that businesses use to um, communicate with a clientele that potentially may not speak English or Spanish. Um, At State Farm, we were uh, we sometimes had to use this uh, AT&T service um, if we needed translation services of languages that State Farm did not internally have have native speakers for. For example, this Mongolian, and obviously, if you know Mongolian, AT&T likely uh, will will hire you if they need a Mongolian translator and you're willing to live in Buffalo, New York and to work in Buffalo, New York. Obviously, there's a certain limit to that. Yes, they'll hire you if there's a need for that, but um, let's say they've already hired their whole slate of Mongolian translators, then your ability to go find work somewhere else uh, doing that task that you're specialized in, maybe you study... You're not a native speaker, but then you studied for college and high school and professionally uh, that language. Um, if there's no demand for it, then you might not be able to work uh, doing that. Um, in that case, um, that's where being a generalist and you're not specialized in one thing and you're a jack of all trades master of none in that case then you can be able to find a job easier but it's not going to be in a task that uh, it might not be in a specific task um, that you're particularly looking for uh, it could be something else um, let's say <laughs> let's say uh, you know, if, if you're a skilled electrician and then, but you do have some handyman skills and at that point, um, if there's no electrician type of jobs, um, uh, type of work that's needed, you can always go become a handyman and fix th things up uh, to earn a living while you're looking for more electrical work. So... In that case, being a generalist is good. Um, uh, one of the negatives of being a generalist, of course, yes, you can find work in uh, potentially a variety of fields uh, because you have certain work experiences and a whole ton of stuff. But the problem with that, of course, is uh, if you're looking in a corporate environment and you're looking to work for a company, Many times, if you're a generalist, you often have to start at the bottom again. And that's very frustrating because if you're in a certain work position, um, and you're, you're used to a certain salary amount, sometimes starting at the bottom of the ladder again might not be exactly an appealing option. So that's where being a generalist sucks. Um, 
yes, you can find a whole different, a whole bunch of work uh, in all these uh, different fields, but you're starting at the bottom. Whereas if you're a specialist and you still have a job doing what you're specialized in, and it's a very specific, um, it's a very specific task, a very specific skill set. If you're looking for a job, yeah, you're likely gonna be beyond the entry level type of thing, and your, your future employer will likely hire you above the basic entry level type of position. So. In that case, being a uh, specialist is better. You know, it's it's a very tough um, uh, I, I shouldn't say tough, it's just something that happens. <laughs> uh, people go down a path, whether it's be a generalist or something, or being specialized in skills. Uh, on the life front, of course, it's better to to know a whole bunch of stuff, and so you can branch out and work a whole different, a whole bunch of different tasks. That's always fun. And there, there was a career type of you know one of these career self help books by Daniel Pink, and his argument, of course, was it's many people, if they're weak on something, to improve their their marketability, they would work on their weaknesses. But his, his argument is that it's better to focus on your strengths and continue working on your strengths because your strengths are what's going to get you hired uh, in a specific uh, field where your strengths are are in demand whereas while you're trying to improve all these generalist type of skills um you're not really going to get hired for them so so it would make more economical sense to continue focusing on your strengths so that's one argument of course there's tons of uh, other books other self-help books that say you need to uh, have a wide variety of skills so you can be more versatile in the uh, modern workforce, which is also true to a certain extent. Um, yeah, in my experience, being that I'm kind of a generalist now at this point, it, it does really suck that a lot of times you do have to start at the bottom in a variety of things if you move from field to field. And... You know, what I was specialized in at State Farm, being a uh, auto claim representative, that's a position where, of course, you uh, don't start at the bottom uh, if you go somewhere else. But the problem is, of course, that the pandemic happened and a lot fewer people are on the road. And in that particular case, there's a whole whole less a whole um a whole a lot less accidents that would occur than normal because people drink at home now and they don't go out because there's no place to go out to late at night 
So, so yeah, the the insurance industry currently hiring has not been kind to me. Um, and then real estate, of course, it's a whole bunch of independent contractor stuff, and the jobs in real estate, of course, deal with uh, being a leasing consultant, uh, doing some property management type of work for apartment complexes, stuff like that, and those places aren't hiring either, so, yeah, this whole thing was going to... Uh, talk about my job search anyways, so yeah, things are still going, job search wise, it's like every week I apply, and then I get denials, apply, denial, apply, denial, I can get old, and I'm still at Amazon, I'm still at the Amazon warehouse, and still pounding away there, but I do wish to return to a corporate environment and it's uh, I don't know if I'm trying to return to a world that no longer exists because a lot of people are working at home or if yes that environment still does exist and eventually I'll get hired somewhere who knows but I'm a generalist I have a bunch of uh, weird uh, seemingly unrelated work experiences uh, but I can work in a whole different, a whole ton of different environments, which you'd think employers uh, would appreciate, but uh, not really. So that's that. Um, in other news, of course, the cancel culture has increased and has continued to increase. Um, in society, I don't know if Joe Biden being elected president had anything to do with that, but you know, recently there was a whole thing with Gina Carano, former MMA star, of course, and star of the hit TV show The Mandalorian on Disney Plus streaming, and she tweeted some conservative stuff on her Twitter account and Instagram and Lucasfilm fired her for that so the cancel culture is continuing to increase of course there was a lot of pressure uh, to fire her from uh, what they call a Twitter mob a bunch of angry people tweeting and yeah that sucks the, the cancel culture, the whole thing that you can't have a variety of different opinions in society, it's, it's kind of dangerous. And more often than not, it appears, it's often that uh, left-wing people, they, they try to quote-unquote cancel out people with conservative views. So it's... It's a very frustrating process, but that's where society is at. And there was a a uh, argument that the pendulum would swing back again and things would return to normal, uh, and that all this whole cancel culture stuff was just a phase. But of course, it appears that phase continues to happen, and. The pendulum has not swung back. Uh, 
Because I remember when I was in college and, of course, uh, the early years of... Um, the early years of uh, my employment, uh, post-college, there was a very strong push towards uh, a lot of things being uncensored. I remember it was like almost really cool that, like, like Comedy Central and and uh, all these places like Howard Stern, they would promote that they're uncensored. And no one can, can control what they have to say and blah, blah, blah. Um, but nowadays it looks like censorship is, is very, very popular. And it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight. But hopefully there will be soon. Because... The thing with censorship is, of course, now these social media companies, they are the arbitrators of what they feel is truthful or not truthful. Uh, all this because of COVID, and they have a lot of uh, power in doing so with telling telling people what's uh, uh, if someone's post is is factual or not factual, blah, blah, blah. And then these quote-unquote army of fact-checkers, you know, who knows if they're accurate or not accurate? You know, we don't know. Like, I remember, like, Dr. Drew was complaining uh, that his, you know, he, him being a doctor, he also gets censored by these uh, quote-unquote fact checker social media and and then the said fact checker isn't a doctor but then they can fact check the doctor and say the doctor is wrong uh, talking about certain medical issues uh, while they're not not a doctor they're just a uh, they work at Facebook so it's it's a weird situation that the world is in um, hopefully there's a return to more of the uncensored being cool, like, you know, Howard Stern and all that stuff. And I, I believe people are smart enough that you don't need to, um, censor a bunch of stuff and people can make their own decisions regarding, uh, what type of media they consume. I mean, the whole concept of the internet is that we live in a uh, world now that you can choose what type of input that you put into you. So the point of all the censorship is just uh, nonsensical because we're adults and we should be able to decide for ourselves what's right and what's wrong, what we want to uh, implant into our brains or not and it just seems like the world is headed in the opposite direction <laughs> so yeah social media is a, a burgeoning headache other than that yeah I just wanted to share my thoughts um, I'm still in uh, still in my condo in Chino hills 
Um, I have gone to Vegas a few times. Uh, that whole I almost bought a house thing in Vegas that obviously didn't work out. And yeah, I don't know where I'm going to live. Um, it's, it's just frustrating because my employment situation, of course, a lot, most people, they move when there's job opportunities or, you know, they, they have a new job somewhere, so they move there. But when uh, you're not getting that employment and a potential for greater economic success, it's hard to just pack your bags and go when uh, there's no guarantees that uh, that's a better situation. Then you have to move back and things things along that nature. So it's just very frustrating. We're approaching the end of February, of course. And uh, yeah, the coronavirus is almost... Uh, uh, near its one-year mark of when things got really uh, shut down. So looking forward to that. But I was, this is the last topic, I promise, guys. I was, uh, you know, I went to grab some uh, takeout at the healthy, healthy um, green, green restaurant <laughs> Uh, I I forgot the name of it, um, but it's in the Chino Spectrum, and Chino Spectrum, there is a fountain, and a bunch of restaurants surrounding the fountain, and a bunch of outdoor seating, uh, surrounding said fountain, and lo and behold, of course, there was tons of people eating outside because that's allowed again in California, and in San Bernardino County. And there are a lot of people to one table. Let's just say that. Um, Yes, it was outdoors, but there was a lot of people to one table. And it looked like things were back back to a few months ago when outdoor dining was allowed. And there was just a feeling of freedom, I guess. And it was nice to see activity picking up again. And people continuing to live their lives. And yeah, I think internally people expect this whole pandemic to be over soon because we do have the vaccine. Um, Obviously, of course, there's still a certain amount of people that can't take it because they're in the quote-unquote healthy group, low-risk group. So there's still that, but. I anticipate, of course, by by summertime, things should be back to a more normal state. Uh, I don't know if we'll go back to a pre-normal state. Um, uh, you know, like like January twenty nineteen state, but um, it'll be interesting. Other than that, um, I don't have any other, uh, I don't have any other cool, cool things to talk about right now, so, yeah, I'll keep you guys up to date, just wanted to, 
get on here, share some thoughts about being a generalist versus being a specialist. And right now it appears being a specialist was better uh, for my career. But um, as Joe Rogan says, you're not you're not what you are in the you're not the bad decisions that you made in the past. You've learned from those mistakes and you're this new person. So you have to take the mistakes that you made and the lessons that you learned from those mistakes and make better choices uh, moving forward. You're not a failure. You've learned from those failures. You're this new person now. So be the hero of your own movie and do the things that the hero of your own movie would do. All right, adios. Also, if you guys want to keep up to date uh, with my dailies, I am on Instagram, Vision of Tam. Other than that, I'll see you guys later. Adios, amigos. Thank you for listening.